stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, welcome back, folks, and thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. we got a lot more to get to here this afternoon. I do want to give you a heads up about this Education Minister Adriana LaGrange, 3.30 this afternoon, will be speaking an update on a safe return to learning for students in kindergarten to grade 12. That's what the press release says. So we'll find out at 3.30 today what the plan is for the resumption of learning next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Our next guest has prompted quite a conversation this week about Canada's public broadcaster, more specifically, I think to some extent, about journalism itself. And look, there have been debates for years about the CBC, the role and the place of the CBC, the mandate of the CBC, and how things operate within the CBC, whether it's political bias or other kinds of ideas creeping into how the CBC covers the news and informs Canadians. I think part of why this piece has has really resonated, I think it taps into some of the conversation happening right now about mainstream media, journalism, ideology, but it's also about the CBC and an insider's perspective on how things operate and whether the Canadian public is well served. Uh, Tara Henley is a veteran journalist uh, and producer, spent many years working at the CBC, also author of the book, Lean Out, a meditation on the madness of modern life. Uh, she has launched her own Substack newsletter, tarahenley.substack.com, and you can find this piece that she wrote this week, Speaking Freely, Why I Resigned from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Tara Henley joins us on the line here this afternoon. Tara, so great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, like I say, this has made quite a splash this week, and, and you must have had some idea that, you know, this was going to resonate, people are interested in, in these issues, but have you been surprised by the reaction to this? 100%. Um, I did get the sense, uh, reporting and, you know, talking to people socially, that this was certainly an issue. Um, I had no idea to the extent at which it would resonate with people. I have been getting... So many messages uh, from across the country on every channel that I have for communication. Um, And now I'm starting to hear messages from around the world. And uh, it's just, it's really fascinating to me. And the the common thread really seems to be that people are feeling a lot of despair over how Mm -hmm. divisive our media is and really want something better. I think that's a big part of it. Now, obviously, your journalism uh, career spans uh, a lot longer than, than your spell at the CBC, but you did spend yeah. a number of years. I think 2013, maybe, is when you started the CBC, and your time there ended just some weeks ago. So, That's right. First I mean, of all, just I, establish, I was, on, yeah. I was on contract, so I was mm-hmm. on and off. But yes, okay. that is the time frame. Uh, and, and so you left, it was, it was in December, right? So just a few weeks ago. Exactly. So let's talk about why you left and some of the problems you've identified at the CBC. As you point out in your piece, and you identify yourself as someone who is politically on the left, Mm. but found yourself to be easily the most conservative at the CBC. You also write to work at the CBC in the current climate is to embrace cognitive dissonance and to abandon journalistic integrity. So this goes well beyond just right versus left politics. How do you Mm -hmm. sum it up for people? Well, I think there 
has been sort of a massive shift to the far left um, in in recently, probably in the last 18 months. Um, And I I think that a lot of this is influenced by social media, but also there are a lot of um, sort of institutional policies that are being put in place in the building that incentivize a certain perspective and de-incentivize another perspective. And so this is everything from the fact that a quarter of the workforce is precariously employed, meaning contract to contract or sometimes just day to day and having to sort of audition for their roles all the time, which does not... um, does not promote an environment of open inquiry. If you don't know if you're going to be employed the next day, you're not going to be asking a ton of critical questions. So that's one thing. Another thing is, you know, the training initiatives that we're doing, they're very, very much to influenced by the far left. And I have no, as I, you know, made very clear, I am a lefty myself. I have no issues with the far left being represented. I have no problem with the woke perspective being represented. But my problem is about balance and coverage. And my issue is that I don't think that we are adequately reflecting the range of views in the country. And you see this, I think, in my opinion, in the coverage. And I think that's what people were responding to is people have no problem with there being woke articles, but there's a lot that's going uncovered right now, really important issues that are very important to Canadians. And so that's my issue. My issue is the balance. This seems to be a more recent shift. And you talk about this happening in the span of about 18 months. Is, is this uh, somewhat a recent phenomenon? And, and if so, why? I, it's, it's a very difficult thing to unpack. I'm, I'm sure that the pandemic has played a role. Um, you know, and I, I should say, too, that there are a lot of good people in that building doing incredible work and fighting really hard for journalism. But, so it, it's complicated to unpack. But I, I think in general, the sort of heightened political polarization that we've experienced during the pandemic and the isolation that everyone is dealing with, um, I think that has contributed a lot to a climate that is really unhealthy for journalism. So is this a a, a bottom-up thing where it it stems from the people who work there and and sort of their own worldviews, or is this something that is more top-down, that this is expected of people? My sense is it's top-down. And so I I think this is coming from the very top. This is the ideology that I believe is coming from the very top. Right, and it's not in the form of a memo saying, you know, be woke, be more woke. I would imagine, and maybe it's it's more subtle in some ways, but but where did you see it, or when did you first start to notice it? Um, I've noticed it, you know, kind of growing over the last few years, but um, I would say around like 18, 19, 20 months ago, it started to really accelerate. And, you know, there used to be a lot more discussion and debate in story meetings. I mean, that's part of what I was trying to illustrate is that people would argue a lot and you would hear a lot of different views. And that is not going on in my experience to the same degree. There just seems to be a narrowing of what is acceptable to talk about, a narrowing of what is, you know, an acceptable view to hold. And I think that's really detrimental to journalism. I think it's very detrimental to democracy. And if you're out there reporting, you know that it, it is, the general public has a massive range of views on these issues. Well, and I wonder, is it is it the way certain issues are covered or is it that certain issues just aren't being covered? I, I do think, you know, the pandemic has 
squeezed out a, a lot of conversation about a lot of other issues. And it's a tricky mm -hmm. balance. I mean, you know, it's something that on the one hand uh, affects our day-to-day -day lives. It's, it's hard to ignore. But on the other hand, you know, there are still other things going on, things that need to be discussed. So which mm -hmm. is it, do you think? I think it's a lot of things all at once. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's very striking. The opioid crisis does not get a ton of coverage. Um, income inequality and wealth inequality does not get a lot of coverage. Uh, there's just a lot of subjects that are falling by the wayside. And you're right, it is tricky to navigate during a pandemic. But even within our pandemic coverage, there are pretty big sweeping changes happening in society. Things like vaccine mandates that... Um, to my view, require a lot of discussion and debate and require a lot of different views at the table. I think that has been lacking. Um, and I, and I, understand, I understand the pressures. I understand that, you know, all of us have just been going through this terrible pandemic. Everyone's tired. Everyone's burnt out. And people are very concerned about this virus. People are very concerned about promoting misinformation. People are very concerned about all of those things. Um, but the fundamental basis of our society is democracy, is liberalism, is an informed public, is active and open inquiry and debate. And I think we're sacrificing too much. So what did you hope that this would accomplish? Is, is this about calling attention to the fact that there are other options out there, that it's a more competitive media landscape, there's more independent media, uh, there are choices for people? Or are you hoping that this results in change at the CBC? Do you still view the CBC as, as an important and valuable institution? I did this because I love the CBC. Um, and I, I think it's an incredibly important institution. And I grew up listening to the CBC. And the CBC used to unite the country. It used to be a common thread. Um, at least it used to have the power to do that. And so... I do hope that there's some self-reflection on, on how this institution is functioning. And I, I found it fascinating, you know, so much of the response from the public that I got on this piece was, was grief about where this public broadcaster is and a real recognition of what an important role it plays in public life. So absolutely, I hope that there's discussion, but also... I also um, just really believe in diversity of thought. I really believe in uh, representing a wide range of views. And I could feel that narrowing and narrowing in our public debate, not just at the CBC. And so I felt it was really important to start pushing back against that. Well, certainly there are those who, who you know, feel the CBC is a lost cause, right, to fund the CBC or privatize mm -hmm. it, you know, that mm -hmm. maybe we don't need it after all, and this kind of reinforces that. What, what do you say to that, though? That is not my view. I do not think we should um, defund the CBC. Um, that is not something that I would promote. Um, I understand people's frustration. I understand people's um, feelings that their views are not being represented, that, you know, that this is not serving the whole country right now. So I understand people's frustration. I don't think the solution is to defund. So what do you think the solution is? I think there needs to be some real kind of revamping of the, the, the broadcaster. I think there needs to be some tough conversations on the inside. I think one of the very first things they could do is take the precarious employed people and make them permanent. I think that overnight would change the service. And, you know, part of this is, is your own launch as kind of a more independent journalist. Uh, you're writing at Substack, and we've seen a lot of other journalists, uh, you know, go in that direction. Mm. You know, it is a changing and evolving media landscape. 
what, what's your sense of where journalism is at right now, more broadly speaking? I think journalism is in major crisis right now. Um, I think the media landscape is incredibly polarized, and a lot of the financial incentives feed that polarization. So I think it's a very tricky, difficult time. The media is collapsing in on itself. It's a very competitive business. It's a financially precarious business. This is a tough, tough moment for journalism. And I think it's really important in tough moments like this to reaffirm our values the things that we care about and stand for. And um, that's not an always an easy thing to do. Um, but I think it's really important. And the reason that I went to Substack was because I saw a lot of journalists that I really admired going there. And I saw them talking about things in fresh and new and exciting ways and having debates that weren't being had anywhere else. And I wanted to be a part of that. Um, so it's, you know, it's a it's a risk. It's a risk going to independent media. It's a financial risk. It's a career risk. Um, but it is a platform that is aligned with my values. And um, I think that's a really, really important thing. Well, this piece specifically, much more from you as well. It's tarahenley.substack.com. Tara, thank you so much for the conversation here. Really appreciate you making some time for us. Thank you so much for having me. All the best. Uh, that is Tara Henley, a uh, veteran journalist, producer, now formerly of the CBC. And she talks about uh, the reasons why she left in her thoughts on what's gone wrong at Canada's public broadcaster. Now, look, this, this is her perspective. And, you know, I think there are people who certainly sympathize with how she sees things. Other people who would uh, disagree strongly with how she sees things. I think that's part of what she's trying to do, though, is facilitate that conversation and allow both sides to to. Make their case. Uh, again, TaraHenley.substack.com. You want to read her piece, Why I Resign from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Our number here, 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.